0: In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days.
1: Bring it on down to Nod (laughs) Podfield. Welcome on into the Off Days Podcast. Uh, We got Chris Cato. Brian King is in the booth. I'm Scott Smith, and um, kind of carrying that SNL theme. I've got a playoff fever, and the only prescription is more playoffs, and that's what we're going to get this weekend, my friend.
2: I've got pneumonia after watching some of those games in the Good cold.
1: Night. I mean, when you, whenever you have, like, record temperatures, they have to, you know, they push that Buffalo game back because there was just too too much snow and then you get to Monday and you're like wait a minute there was too much snow then you see people <laughs> shoveling their way into their seats
2: fans disappearing as they trudge right. to their seats yeah, yeah. you got to sit on top of the snowdrift so yeah those know. are hardy people man i couldn't do it
1: i know you have to be i mean you have to have already spent a lot of money on your ticket probably number one but obviously we know these people are diehards I, uh, there was a clip that was circulating of Bill's mafia where you had you know they're up to their typical shenanigans they they are standing on top of what looked uh, you know it was about 20 feet of piled snow and they're jumping of course onto a folding table but the table was uh on fire you
2: know <laughs> so, like off a snow drift onto a burning table and you know, that's that's how they get warmed up I that's mean. one way to do it yeah i bet some people in kansas city would love some burning tables around them
1: yeah my goodness what was that negative 27 wind chill not, I don't know. I, I think the fans good.
2: have it a lot worse than the players. The players at least have the the heated benches and the, unless you're a bench the, player, <laughs> and then you're just but like, the, I think the well, benches that, are that heated. is true. Yeah, it brings it up to. Trust about, me, I warmed a lot of them in high school. They're heated. <laughs> it
1: warms it up to about zero degrees. Let's yeah. bring in Brian King. And Brian, uh, I know that you watched the full slate of uh, the the wild card games. But we had two on Monday night, including the one that capped it off here on Super Wildcard Weekend, which was the Bucks. What was your overall take on Super Wildcard Weekend?
0: Oh, I, I kind of enjoyed it actually. Yeah. The you know I thought the Bucks did obviously well. How can you not be you know how can you be disappointed with that? Well, I kind of liked having the two games on Monday though, you know, because moving that game back to Monday, the Bills and Steelers, it's kind of fun having a little doubleheader on Monday there on the holiday. Well, you, you
1: can't go wrong with more football on no. any given day. But, again, my issue was, like, I wanted to watch these games at 1 o'clock. And so I wanted to be able to sit down and veg the entire day. And I found myself having to do things until 4 o'clock. Yeah,
2: hanging out
0: with your family. Right,
1: that's, not, that's no fun. I so. think
0: the can- people in Kansas City wouldn't mind that game of being at 1 either. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know God, how much
1: was... different that would I mean, I, yeah, it I guess when the, sun, and, when the sun and, <laughs> <laughs> drops, yeah. I'm telling you, man. I mean, it was just bitter cold to watch. But I really enjoyed looking at Andy Reid's snotsicle mustache. Like the the snot icicles that were forming on his stash, it was just— He couldn't look any more like a walrus. Mr. Freeze, yeah. Yeah. My goodness, yeah. So we had a good here in in Tampa where not even the rain that many people thought could be coming— we didn't have that. So it was it was perfect weather. It was great, great atmosphere. And, you know, there was a lot of Eagle fans that live in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them did not make it to the game. I think they had a feeling that uh, this team was going in the wrong direction and they didn't want to waste their hard-earned money because there was a ton of Bucks fans. Wow. They packed it out. So, yeah, it was it was a good atmosphere on Monday night, and it was a nice way to, to bring it home. Bucks wonder, moving on. Who would
2: have thought? If you think uh, your team is going to lose, so do you bring the – you bring the paper grocery bags to the game, right? Like, they fans had to were, have, right? They were prepared. You yeah. don't just go get those from concessions. Well, did you yeah. see old boy
1: that threw uh, the popcorn bucket on a uh, Sirianni? <laughs> Is he exited? Sir-
2: Sirianni was just glad it wasn't a D battery like Santa Claus. Guy. Right.
1: Well, that guy, he, he looks like he's done that a few times or four, because as soon as he did it, he's like, I'm heading to the exits. <laughs> I, he was not surprised <laughs> at all. When security hemmed him up when he was halfway up those steps, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Come on.
2: Best $12 investment he's yeah, ever made. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see if Siriani's back. Um, all right.
1: So, what do we have on today's program, BK?
0: Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL with Bill Belichick. We're going to try to figure out what team would be the best fit for him if he's going to get back in coaching. I mean, I, you guess he would, wouldn't you? Uh,
2: yeah,
1: I, no, mean, so I, mean, I think he, he has every intention of coaching again. And there's, he's one of the big dominoes that's going to have to fall here. And as we tape this show on on Wednesday night, you know. Still, I mean, the only, the only job that's been filled is, uh, is the one in New England, his old job. But that's everything right. else is still, is still open. So, I mean, maybe he's the first domino to fall. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll kind of get into just what he brings and the teams that might be in play for, for the hoodie. Uh, yeah. What else?
0: And then uh, I guess at the end of the show, what we're going to do is college in Detroit, Wayne State University. They come up with a list of words that they thought that you know we need to bring back into our vocabulary. So what I'm going to do is a list of 10 words, pretty strange, unique words. I'm going to let you hear them and you tell me what these definitions of these words are.
2: Oh, that'd be fun! I love this. We do we do need new words and we need to cancel some of the words that people are now using. Right.
1: Well, Chris studies a dictionary, so I feel like he has a little bit. (laughs) Plus, he's kind of he has an old-timey language to him too. You're being (laughs) obstreperous, and I don't appreciate it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, all right. Very good, M.K. We'll it. catch up with you shortly. Here. Sounds good. Uh, If you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone. You can zap the QR code on the screen. It's in the bottom right-hand corner, and there you can find all of our shows. You can subscribe at fox13news.com slash nodpod. So kind of diving in on this uh, as we get ready for the divisional round of games, the fallout from Wild Card Weekend. Of course, we mentioned those, those cold-weather games. I- I'm just curious, like, what type of person – is gladly enduring that. I mean, I mm. love football, but I, you know, I have obviously been to a lot of games, seen a lot of games. My prefer my preferred spot is on my couch. Yeah, that's where I like to watch games. I think it's the best viewing experience. I don't have to deal with traffic, with drunk people. I don't have to wait in line for bathrooms or spend you know ridiculous amounts of money on food or drinks. Uh, but these people, I mean, they're lining up. They're doing all that. Plus, they might have frostbite.
2: Being miserable, yeah. (laughs) But some of them didn't look miserable. For the record, my favorite spot to watch a game is your couch, too. Your (laughs) wife, Karina, is generous with the snacks. I'm drinking your beer, not mine. (laughs) And it's a good place to sleep it off. Yeah, you can nap nap on my couch. uh, (laughs) Yeah, a different breed, right? As you said, we had it good in Tampa. We're we're worried about a little rain, and it's like upper 60s or 70. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how you go to a game. Like that, especially in Kansas City, the fans are standing on concrete there. And you're just, I, I, I don't know how, how you do that. Like, that's another level of dedication. The coldest game that I can recall ever attending. And maybe it was just because
1: I didn't bring enough layers. That's probably the case. But it was at Arrowhead. And it was a Big 12 championship game against, it was Oklahoma and Mizzou. And this was back in the day. And I was actually on the sidelines shooting the game. And it felt like, and I had gloves on. And it felt like my fingernails were pulling back off of my finger. Like, oh! It just like everything hurt. Everything hurt, and it was, it, it, you know, we saw that the windshield brought it back down to negative 27, and that's the issue. It's like the wind that, that whips up. I mean, it's already cold, but you get that wind going, man, and that that'll take out. The Did best your
2: lips ones. get ashy like Tyree Kills? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah well, that wasn't the only thing. So yeah, for sure. Um, but the result of these games is we had. You know, I know BK say he loves the the games, and I love them because they're playoff games, but the reality is we had, like, five of the six games were lopsided right so at least you know two touchdown wins by most of these games uh the biggest blowout Texans by 31 over the Browns the only tight game was was the Lions and the Rams and boy that was a nail biter down the stretch had all the makings of what what I thought was going to be a a Rams walk-off field goal but the, the the Lions held tight there um so now you have to go back seven years to find a more lopsided wild card weekend so mm-hmm. you know, we talk in college football about we like expanding the playoffs, or at least you got, kind of go back and forth, waffle a little bit on that. But <laughs> the consensus true. of the show is that we like we are fans of the of the playoff expansion. But now you look at the, these wild card games and you're like, well, I don't know. Did some of these teams deserve not to be there? but then you look at who who was picked and and half of the teams that won were the underdogs, you know? Yeah. So you had the likes of the Packers, you know, the seven seed uh, pulling the upset at Jerry world and, you know, the Texans beating a red hot Browns team. Right. So, I mean, the results were, you know, maybe lopsided, but it was a lot of the underdogs getting it done.
2: It was, it was and you know, you have been looking at my notes here. Yeah. Same thing that I observed too. It was, uh, Not as competitive as we would like and I also thought about it in the construct of the college football playoff, but I think the ultimate point is the upside to having as we look at the college football playoff expanding having you know more games is that it does allow the flawed teams more opportunity to have those flaws exposed and hopefully it leads to better games in the semifinals and then ultimately the championship match and I think that's what we'll get with each NFL playoff matchups too
1: yeah you know I think the the takeaway from from those upsets are the question like is it just the fact that the Texans and the Packers and the Bucks are peaking or were the Cowboys Eagles Browns fading I think we can all agree that the Eagles are certainly fading uh but I mean, there was no indication. The Browns weren't fading. The the Browns weren't fading. There was no indication that the Cowboys would would keel over other than it was the playoffs, and they've been prone to do that. Yeah, Yeah, but it was a home game. They hadn't lost in forever at home. So, I mean, it's just, it's wild. But, you know, one of the things I think you pull out of that, too, is, like, the rise of these young quarterbacks, namely C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love. Like, you know, big players, ultimately, the ones that end up in Canton, most of them, they kind of... You know, they butter their bread here in the postseason. This is where they mm-hmm. they play big and man, both of those guys I thought played played great games. Their numbers actually, you know, if you look at their numbers, they were like nearly identical. So they were both sixteen of twenty one passing. CJ Stroud had two hundred and seventy four yards, Jordan Love had two hundred and seventy two. They both had three touchdowns, no picks. And both of them got really a lot of help from their defense. They did. Some pick sixes, too, which I think is probably the bigger story.
2: Yeah, especially with the Texans there. Jordan Love, to me, I mean, yeah, C.J. Stroud, awesome, too. But Jordan Love was so impressive to me because he was doing it. He made some of the best throws with a defender in his chest, throwing it off mm-hmm. of the back foot, and his throws were right on the money. In the last nine games, he's 7-2. and two, with 21 touchdowns and one interception i mean he's it makes you wonder and i know this is sometimes we get carried away here but it makes you wonder if the green bay packers have done it again because yeah. brett Favre was playing at an mvp level when they drafted rogers rogers was the reigning mvp when they drafted love and i mean i know it, i know it's one season but if you and you've seen the graphics i know that compare love to rogers and where they both were in their first year as a starter and it's uh, love has the edge in a lot of these categories. It's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And, I, you know, I also wonder if, if just the fact that they're located in Green Bay. Where there's really no distraction, there there's no life really outside of football. Uh, they are they've as a as a franchise, they're kind of the small team. They're, they're the Adam versus or the the David versus Goliath kind of you know when it comes to fan base and you know the, it's a small town still kind of has that old school football feel that you wonder that like that that environment makes for, uh, you know, like, a, I guess a greater focus to football. I don't yeah. know. I mean, especially if you're the guy not like in- they, they've had bad quarterbacks, obviously, in, yeah. in Green Bay history. But there's been a number of very good ones. And now we've seen it in successive kind of generations. So it must be something too. Yeah, it. no, it's certainly impressive. And, you know, you look at, at these, these Texans and the Packers, and you, you almost think like, they're ahead of they're ahead of where people thought they would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody had hopes that Jordan Love, at least Packer fans had hopes that Jordan Love would carry this team eventually to the playoffs. CJ Stroud, he's a rookie, you know, like this they're playing with house money right now. And they're they're so far ahead of the curve that like you wonder going into these games Like they kind of have like nothing to lose, man. They've already like checked those boxes. Like they've the fan bases. If they if they lost this weekend, I don't think they any of them would say a negative word about what they what this these teams have done. And you could throw the Bucks in that conversation too. By the way, right? But when you know, there's something to be said for playing loose too. Uh, I think that there there is, however, a different, totally different feeling in uh, the cities of Dallas and Philadelphia right now. And I'm curious what you think is the most. Disappointing. Between those two exits in the first round of the playoffs, which one do you think is the most disappointing?
2: I think it's the Eagles, and maybe that's because I lived and work in Philadelphia for a while, and I know right now that they are still – just can't believe what happened to their birds. I mean, if you look at how their season went, they were 10-1 and one after Week 12, yep. best record in the league. Then they lose five of their last six, including blowouts to the 49ers and Cowboys and, and Giants and a, an embarrassing home loss to the Cardinals, and it was just more the way of – the way they played Monday night against the Bucks, they could not have looked more disinterested in, yep. in being it looked like the Bucs looked two weeks ago against the Saints, when it's like, wh- What are you doing here? I it was I have not a Kiwi football defense.
1: That's what it I, looked I, like. I right don't
2: want to say take anything away from the way the Bucks played, but the Eagles couldn't tackle. Yeah. They they couldn't they just could not tackle. Uh it, it was um like a TSA security agent, a quick pat down of a <laughs> receiver and okay, you're good, you're on to the end zone. It was I, I think of those two, um, especially when, like you said earlier, the Cowboys are kind of known for for doing that in the first round. This Eagles team was on the verge of winning a Super Bowl last year and, and looked like they had all the ingredients in place again until the calendar turned to December. I, I'm going to say the the Cowboys
1: because the, the Eagles at least saw this kind of happening in slow motion, you know, like a lot of folks, and I think that's, that's why the turnout maybe wasn't so great at Ray J for Eagle fans is because – they kind of saw what their team had become, and it was it was consistent enough to say this is not just a, a, a you know a one off a poor performance right. here and there. Like this team was tanking in a big way, and so while it's disappointing and it's that's not going to ease the feelings for Eagle fans I and mean, the expectations are still very high. The Cowboys this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, you got you're paying your quarterback forty two million dollars next year. C. D. Lamb's contract, by the way, is going to jump. Uh, unless they sign him to a, an extension and, mm-hmm. and able to spread that money out, I think he, he's going to be making like 18 million next year. So I mean, they have a lot of people that are making a lot of money. Expectation was high, good on both sides of the ball, and then boom, you just run into a wall, and, and it's a bad performance by the guy that's making 42 mil too. I mean, Dak Prescott did not look good. Yeah. Uh, he was he was outshined by Love in that game, and um, yeah, I to me, and with that owner that they have, mm-hmm. and Jerry Jones. I mean, obviously, change, I think changes are coming. But you think so? Look at the preseason predictions for the teams that won in upset fashion over the weekend. The Houston Texans—they were by Sports Illustrated had them five and twelve. Okay, so here they are going into what does Sports round. Illustrated know? Uh, and and Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they had the—they had them at two and fifteen. So oh, yeah, That's over, high. overachieving, and uh, you know maybe that helps them uh, in the long run. Speaking of those Cowboys, you know, should they move on from Mike McCarthy? Uh, Who would be a candidate for there? A lot of people have said Bill Belichick. You know, oh, man, you know, he's now available. Uh, Obviously, parted ways with the Patriots last week. Um... But I kind of want to go through what we think that would be the best fit for Bill Belichick. So I'll kind of lead it off here. You know, Washington last last week I mentioned it before Belichick was fired that I think he was gonna be let go, and I thought Washington was the best fit. But that was prior to them hiring the GM that they got in Adam Peters. Uh, he's a young kind of innovative mind. He's been around the, the Kyle Shanahan world of the coaching tree and that to me reeks of a let's go find an innovator let's go find the next great coach not the one that maybe can give us three years so i I don't think washington's going to go that direction Uh, he is very much a now hire right you need it you need a team that's ready to go uh so when you look at teams with good ownership you know seattle's got good ownership in the allen family uh atlanta arthur blank i think is one of the best owners in the nfl he obviously interviewed with atlanta uh jeffrey lurie with the eagles Uh, Dean Spanos with the Chargers Uh, these are pretty good you know owners to work for and then of course Jerry Jones in that mix does he does he meddle a little bit does he have too much of a cozy relationship (laughs) with the media does he share his opinions yes it's part of what comes with the territory but Belichick and Jerry Jones have they have a you know kind of a mutual affection for one another Um, so then you look to like who's in a win now situation Seattle tough division is their quarterback the guy they want? I'm not sure. Atlanta, they have do have some offensive weapons. Bijan John Robinson, Kyle Pitts. They don't really have a quarterback. The Eagles, they seem to have the pieces. Uh, but apparently there's word out of Philly that uh, Jeffrey Lurie is not a huge fan of Belichick. Oh, really? Then, then you look at Dallas. Okay? They have it all. They have it all. What what did they miss in that game? Preparation and discipline.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Mike McCarthy maybe doesn't have the best postseason reputation. So who's going to give you discipline to pieces you already have in place right now? That's Bill Belichick. Right. That's that he fits that bill, and you know that's my thought is I think Dallas is the place. You know I think the Belichick is a great coach. He's not a long haul hire. He's not the guy you want necessarily for a total rebuild to meddle in the in the you know kind of personnel bringing in a quarterback. He's not going to necessarily grow a quarterback like he needs a team that's ready to go, locked and loaded, good ownership and. Uh, I think it's the Cowboys, man.
2: So, so if you're Jerry Jones and the sands in your hourglass of time are running really. Short than who else? Goes go with the go guy through? that
1: has the resume. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Even though that resume is obviously uh, very entwined with one Tom Brady, uh, but you have you you got a good quarterback in Dak Dak Prescott. You know, minus the performance last week. I don't right?
2: know. I, I It could be the Cowboys. I just think Jerry Jones I just don't think Jones and Belichick would get along very well at all. You, I, would, I, I, you wouldn't I, think, but I mean, I so so Belichick's mentor is Bill Parcells. Yeah, we saw how things went for him in Dallas. I mean. True that that Belichick, you know, the reason that I thought the Packers had a good chance against the Cowboys is that the Cowboys couldn't stop the run very well all season. It showed up against the Bills, and so that's certainly Belichick, something Belichick could address there. But I was looking at these, when I was looking at Atlanta, I thought, what does Belichick want now? And he wants, you know, he's got 333 career wins. 14 behind Don Shula, so he's looking for kind of a short-term relationship too, you know, and, and by that, something where he could win now, and I don't think Atlanta is in a position where he could, he might roll off six or seven wins, maybe maybe eight, but I don't think he wants to flounder around for a couple of years before he gets things right. Yes, they have uh, quarterback issues, Desmond Ritter, but they also have the eighth pick in the upcoming draft, so they might could address that quarterback spot. They, you know, Caleb, um, I'm sorry, uh, Drake May, and, Caleb Williams would probably be off the board by then, but they might get a uh, a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix Jr. Um, But I I just don't think that he does. He does owe the Falcons for that 28-3 comeback in the Super Bowl a few years ago, too. But I I don't think that's the best spot for him in terms of wanting to be in a spot where he could compete for a Super Bowl this upcoming season. I tend to think it is Philadelphia. And it seems like a move that is the kind of bold move that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie would make to, you know, to move off of a coach, Sirianni, that took his team to the Super Bowl last year, I could see them doing something like this because Roseman is always in a win now mode. Maybe not as much as Jerry Jones is, but but he kind of is. And if you look at, they're going to spend money to get him the pieces he needs. The Eagles obviously need some linebackers that can cover their, their linebackers this year could not, and we saw that exposed against the Buccaneers that aren't good in coverage. He could fix that. and. He could fix that defense that couldn't tackle, as we we've talked, and and I think it's, you know, it's kind of it just kind of fits him. Philadelphia, it's an an, an outdoor, um, it's a it's a weather type team. I don't know. You're it's just, just so used
1: to seeing him in that hoodie that if he went he's indoors, kind of, like what's he gonna do? He's gonna, gonna wear those?
2: a gray hoodie with the sleeves torn off in Atlanta or in <laughs> Dallas. I just don't see it. I, yeah. I it just feels like an Eagles move to me.
1: Mm. You know, I had thought that too until I heard. Uh, that, that Jeffrey Lurie is not a fan of Bill Belichick. And perhaps it has to do with the scandals that he's been associated with in years past. So, you know, take that report from what it's worth. Yeah, for all the other points you made, yeah, I could see the Eagles working. But I do know that Jerry Jones is not opposed to bringing in big personalities. He deals with that all the time. And, you know, here's the beauty of that relationship is that, like, Belichick really doesn't need the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. this guy, he's, what, 72 years old. Like, he's hes a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's done everything, right? He's the best NFL coach. Most would, would agree to that. So he doesn't really need to put up with any garbage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jerry Jones is like, if there's ever going to be a, a guy that can do it, how about the guy that has the best resume in the NFL? So for that, I could see them kind of putting egos aside and saying, hey, let's bring in a winner here within the next couple of years. I mean, I think Dallas, they could be – they could do it next year. I mean, th- so – I I don't know. We'll see. All right, it could be one Uh, of those two teams, or or maybe maybe he ends up with the 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 Panthers. Oh no! (laughs) What a situation that would be. All right, coming up on the No Off Days podcast, we're gonna head out to Tuscaloosa because there's some news that broke there last week that we just have not even discussed yet, and I feel like it's pertinent to the man that's sitting uh, to my left, wearing some crimson. So stay with (laughs) us. The nod pod returns after this. Adam Schefter at it again, my friend. Uh, During the break there, you know, as last break, we spent 15, 20 minutes kind of me bearing my soul on why I think the Cowboys are the best fit for Bill Belichick. This just in, Adam Schefter says that Dallas is not making a head coaching change and Mike McCarthy is returning in the 2024 season, so. Philly all is, right <laughs> That's like the quickest resolution to any uh, disagreement that we've ever had. It was like instantaneous. So. If it could always yeah, be that way. Yeah, We shall see. Alright, so uh, obviously last week, and it's been a week now, so I-, I know that you're probably not done mourning yet, but the the news that rocked the college football world, Saban's retirement up in, uh, down in Alabama, um, and of course, Bama fans are shook. Many handling it like it's a, a funeral, but um, no, he's very much alive and healthy and happy, and he's probably going to enjoy a career in TV now. Uh, but you tell me I'm not sure what the the location because I've never actually been on campus there but there's a walk of champions and yes. then along that walk right outside Bryant Denny Stadium there's the the Statues statue of, of Nick Saban
2: and previous coach Bear Bryant coaches Gene Stallings coaches that have won national championships
1: so and and Brian you are welcome to join this conversation because I'm going to I'm going to ask Cato some questions here because <laughs> there have been some interesting little mementos that have been left at the footstep there of the goat at his statue you know I, like I I know some of these. I, I kind of get some of the tie-in. The oatmeal cream pie thing. I know that that's
2: his his favorite snack. Right. That's his so, breakfast. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, two oatmeal cream pies and a cup of coffee. Incredible. shit. How did he live to seventy yeah, exactly. two?
1: You know, it's kind of like the George Burns. You know, smoked what like eighteen cigars a day and he lived to be uh, two hundred years old. So, um, yeah. So, oatmeal cream pies, I get, but I'm gonna, I might need your guys' help on kind of deciphering what these other things, these objects that have collected okay. there, that have kind of raised some eyebrows. So, uh, we, we, let's see, we have a, a can of four loco, which is, uh, I'm told, a malt beverage. Uh, any significance there?
2: Well, Saban said uh, a few years ago that he hasn't drank since his kids, like for decades. Oh. And so his kids So they're saying, his, here you go. So maybe they're giving him, yeah, yeah here's permission a to, to permission permission to. It could be the fact that this is on a college campus and that's all the, you know, the guys at Sigma Nu had to bring.
1: Well, that, that could be very, that, and that may, may be the, the reasoning <laughs> behind most of these. Uh, a wooden mallard. Wooden mallard.
0: <laughs>
2: Okay. What does that? What, what does that mean? Uh, boy, that's a Brian, you got one on, on a wooden mallard. Uh, he, he's not a duck hunter. I think it's okay.
0: more things are special to the people that left them there maybe. So maybe that mallard <laughs> was some guy's favorite. You know, piece that he had on his mantle, so he took it there and said, "I'm going They're give it to." They're placing items
1: that they think are would be like buried in the casket.
0: I've,
2: I've got it. This was a fan <laughs> who wanted Alabama's next coaching hire to be gotcha. Dan Lanning, ah, who's from the go. Ducks. Okay. Yeah. There All right.
1: Uh, a bag of ice. Bag of ice.
0: Got to keep that four loco cold. Okay. There you go. That was easy. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I thought it was the ice, the ice water in his veins. Um, Ooh, good. How, how about a slice of pizza? <laughs>
2: Um, Slice
1: of pizza sitting there outside the statue. Probably hasn't held up very well.
2: This would be trolling uh, Dabo Sweeney. Because Dabo's always having a pizza party with, nice. with Clemson nice. to have you know cool. when they to find out when they wind up and end up in the playoffs. So this is a fan who's saying we don't want Pizza Boy as our next coach. Good job, yeah.
0: Kato.
1: Um, a half-eaten bag of
2: Bucky's Sour Power candy belt. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I want to try these things. I looked them up after seeing this list. They look delicious. A Sour Power candy belt. <laughs> I love that it was
1: it's described on this long list online. You can find it. Uh, it's a it's a half-eaten bag. So whoever it is, you know, like they had had enough.
2: Well, Saban often had a sour expression on his face on the right. sidelines, so maybe that's it.
1: Uh, a little touch of blasphemy here. Uh, a sign
2: saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Your reward is coming. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a Bear, Bear Bryant uh, statue handed that to him, perhaps. Oh. I don't know. If, you know, there are many who <laughs> worship these these. Coaches. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. <laughs> I got two of them on my show right here. Um,
2: all right. Uh, a, a small
1: pumpkin.
0: He was—he's um, born on Halloween, so maybe it's something
2: to do with Jack oh, the thing or something. That's a good—that's a good one. I like nice. that one. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> a Target gift card.
0: Everybody wants that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, obviously he's not coming to collect these things, <laughs> so <laughs> somebody is leaving it as a memento to honor. Uh, Target
2: Target's colors are. There you go. Red and white.
1: Okay. Close enough. Uh, a bucket of pickles.
2: Hmm. left fans with a uh, left left his program in a pickle he (laughs) left Alabama's program in a pickle (laughs) that's true uh
1: I feel comfortable uncomfortable saying this one um oh say it (laughs)
2: should I yeah the Trojan the uh, prophylactic (laughs) prophylactic okay uh, you ain't dead yet, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what that means, right, Brian?
1: All right. Those, those are the wackiest that yeah. I saw. Did Anything else? I know you've perused that list, and, and maybe you even made the, uh, the trip back to Tuscaloosa to leave an item.
0: But
2: I would do one that only true Bama fans would get. Okay. And so it would be, Brian, a tin horn.
0: There you go. My favorite quote. Can From I get up. an
1: explanation on that? Well, he, uh,
2: at one point early in his Alabama career, Alabama played, I think, Georgia Southern, you know, kind of a warm-up game before Auburn. And Georgia Southern was, was, was one of these triple option teams, and they ran for over 350 yards in Alabama. And Saban's quote was something his father used to say, which is, they ran through us like excrement through a tin horn. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but it just means that you couldn't stop anything. So, And Bama fans, you know, that's one of the things they'll, you know, quote him on there. So,
0: yeah.
1: How are you guys doing a week later? Good? I
2: don't well, know, it man. It like a year, doesn't it? I vacillate back and forth between.
1: I mean, you got your guy, you, right? It's oh, no, the, I, the chapter has
2: moved on right now, right? I will say that I've talked myself into being happy with Kalen DeBoer. Okay. And I do think he is going to be, I think he is a good coach. He's already been a good coach. And I think he's going to be a good coach at Alabama. But I'm just struggling with. Let me throw this out there, Brian, because you and I have not. We've talked about a lot. We haven't talked about no, this we off. Um, we haven't talked about this in person. I feel like Saban could have handled this better because what we're dealing with now is this mass exodus of our players mm. from this roster. Like other SEC programs. Florida State is just back in a Brinks truck up and loading our players onto it. Um now we've got Caleb Downs in the transfer portal which is that is the one guy you don't want to lose. That is the guy who his teammates actually compare him to Nick Saban because he is so he was a freshman, he led our team in tackling last season.
1: So the the, the limited the, so the the timing of it is really because you don't have an opportunity to grab from other teams unless they've lost their coach right exactly is that, is that we the, could grab
2: from washington because right. yeah and so i feel like i almost wonder if uh because the story came out after you know Sabin announced his retirement uh he did that exclusive with espn and was kind of telling them how he went through the process and the way he described it and i i don't know if this is i mean i have to take him at his word but it came down to a conversation with Miss Terry, his wife, before this Wednesday uh, team meeting and he was on the fence. He could go he maybe stay for another year or, or maybe hang it up. and And so uh, to me that made me feel like did he could he have done a better job? and this is incredible to say about a man who is known for being nothing but attention to detail and planning meticulously, but could he have done a better job of letting these players know? what is coming and making them feel better about who this uh, athletic department is going to bring in to help them keep I this guess, thing rolling but
1: when when would be a better time because I can't I don't really see a, an opportunity in the calendar. Like if he's going to retire, he's certainly not going to do it in the middle of the season, right? I mean, he's not going to. No, do I'm not it.
2: saying don't do it. I'm not saying necessarily. But any that, time else, like
1: that, I'm not the saying same that, rule applies, right? Well, I'm not They're saying that it back up. the
2: time of the calendar was wrong. I'm saying, in terms of letting your players know, especially those that you know are going to be vital to this incoming coach, whoever it is, in terms of letting them know uh, what's coming and and doing some recruiting for your successor. Um, not necessarily what date of the calendar is, but. Just kind of how he; these players were shocked. Yeah, and yeah. So, what do you think about that, Brian? Do you think, I think they would have left anyway? You think I, they would have left anyway?
0: Because it's I think they, they they went there to play for Coach Saban. We're yeah. getting
2: a lot of feedback
1: on social media that are saying move on. So yeah. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, alright. Uh, uh, speaking of a uh, little college action, how about the UCF basketball team? BK, you talked about this off the top. What are they bringing to these oh, games yes. as for the art of distraction? Because you know, they, they do that behind – everybody's got the little gimmicks behind the, the free throw shooter, and, you know, you want to t- try to distract them through the glass. So what are they bringing?
0: Well, they, they're bringing in palm prawns. Yeah, those big leaves of palm trees. Just palm, yeah.
2: palm Sunday every day.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it, it, look, it, they say that this is the most Florida-centric thing ever, but I'm curious, is it? Like, you could blast, like, light at the free throw line. Like <laughs> sunlight. Kind of like the, yeah, floor, yeah, like okay. the Florida sun. Uh-huh. Um, you could have a rocket blasting off. Or maybe get the people hmm. to reenact uh, some some type of rocket blast. Okay. Uh, everybody maybe wears. Maybe a nerf. They hit, shoot a nerf rocket. Everybody perhaps. wears giant oversized Mickey ears.
2: Okay, that would be distracting. Yeah. Um, How about then, uh, go ahead? I'm a sorry. Li-
1: a live gator. That's that, what, was, that was my go-to. Like devouring people. They would be willing to lay their life down just so we could brick a, f- a free throw. Attempt.
2: Maybe it's – you know, maybe we combine these two. remember a couple years ago we had the, the guy who walked into the uh, liquor store carrying a gator. Like, uh, he's just, you know, waving it around like a four-foot foref- <laughs> – maybe it's a bunch of fans walking in with their I just own think gator. They,
1: they need to up their game. Waving they need to up it around. their Florida game. So, like, people dressing up as giant manatees. Like, yeah. you know, something –
2: Throwing yeah. uh, half-eaten Cuban sandwiches on the floor when a player gets a triple double, <laughs> like a hat trick, you know, just uh, or pub subs, tossing yeah. pub subs. You, at the hey, players. you know
1: what? It worked though. They beat number yeah. three Kansas. So, so you know, I think they got ten wins right now. Did, so not too bad.
2: Did you see that the LA Clippers? Sorry to bring up NBA on this podcast, but it's relevant. Um, the LA Clippers are uh, changing one of their uh, ends of their arena to be. Uh, They call it the wall, and it's going to be 51 rows of the most dedicated fans standing only. Uh, So they're making a student section to distract the other teams while shooting free throws. That's what
1: you got to do if you're the other team in L.A. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right, very good. Coming up on the other side, we're going to get to our game picks. It is the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and we got four good games heading your way. I think they're going to be a lot better than these wild card games we saw this last weekend. And that is coming up on the other side. Welcome back into the No Off Days podcast. Let's dial up the picker. Uh, we got four NFL playoff games this weekend. Uh, we got two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, last week, again, I think we had, what, half the games were were upsets. The underdogs won, you know? And, yeah. uh, and sometimes in, in convincing fashion. So... The question here this weekend is, Chris, do we get any upsets? You know, last last year, we, now the one seeds are back in the pool, right? So the Niners and the Ravens, they sat out last mm-hmm, week, and, and mm-hmm. now they're jumping back in. Does the, is there a little bit of rust? Do we see a little bit of rust? Last year, uh, both one seeds made it to the Super Bowl. But two years ago both one seeds got knocked out in their first round in i remember that in the divisional round yeah. game so um let's start first with the texans ravens the ravens are eight point favorites this is going to be a saturday four thirty kick from charm city
2: what do you like there chris I was looking to, where am I going to pick an upset this week? Do I have to pick an upset? Is this the spot? Or the, this I
1: kind of I kind of look at the playoffs a little bit like uh, the NCAA, you know, like the, the tournament.
2: There's going to be an upset. Yeah, Which gotta, one is it? You isn't? know,
1: give me, give me like a, yeah. an 11-6 upset, something like that.
2: Is it this one? Uh, I doubted these guys last week and picked the Browns. Um, and, you know, again, we talked about how C.J. Stroud is playing, and we love his young receivers, and really the defense is what, you know, led them to victory mm-hmm. as much as Stroud did. But I cannot pick against the Ravens, Scott. It's a, it's a nine-point. I cannot. I cannot. It's a nine-point spread. I think it will be closer than that. I got that. eight. I got eight okay. just okay. for all our okay, – Just for intent. all of our – out there. <laughs> okay. Well, look. I still – I think it's going to be closer than eight. You look, all the way back in week one, these yep. – Week one, these yep. two teams played. It was 25-9. to nine. But you look at – really, if you look at how that game kind of went, Uh, it was tight until about late in the third quarter – low uh, yardage for both teams both defenses played well Uh, you know Lamar was a little rusty, early season rust, and, and so I think they're going to be sharp and ready to roll. I think I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. In you this think
1: one. maybe a rookie quarterback would have been a little rusty week one, first ever NFL game? I think so. Uh, this is where I am going to go upset. Um, I like the way Houston's playing right now. I like C.J. Stroud. I mean, this guy, years mature beyond his age. Uh, the Ravens, of their four losses, three of them have come at home, so do they get a little bit too comfortable there at M&T okay. Bank Stadium? Uh, I, but here's, here's my key. So Houston last Last week uh, against the Browns and that pass rush, they were able to keep Stroud upright. I think he was like rushed. Like, I think there was like four hurries in the game. So they kept him upright. They kept him clean. And that's against Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith. This week, you know, you got Jadavion Clowney. You got Justin uh, Emba and, and what is it? Ma- Matabike? Matabike. I think that's how you said it. You it. Um, yeah. So, man... That is a good sign. If your O-line is kind of coming together, your defense is opportunistic. They had two pick-sixes in that game. Um, man, let's go Texans. Okay. That's going to be my off bold. Upset. I yeah, like let's it. Let's do it. Stroud was um,
2: sacked five times the first time they met. The first time. Okay.
1: That's yeah. what I'm saying. But, like, your O-line's playing really well right now against a, a really, you know, I think okay. that maybe the best. Man. Okay. <laughs> Packers at 49ers. This is another uh, similar spread. We got Niners coming in, eight-point favorites. At home, it's a Saturday night kickoff,
2: 8 p.m. I, can't. you make me pick first on these. I'm not. Do you gonna, want me to I'm, go? I'm not going to go upset. I'm not going to do it. I know you want me to pick the Packers, but I'm I'm going to. The 49ers are just too loaded, and they've had an extra time to get make sure McCaffrey's healthy, to make sure Debo's healthy, to make sure Purdy's healthy, and I, there's just no way. There, I mean, I love the way the Packers are playing. We talked about that earlier in the in this episode about. The wonderful things that Jordan Love and those young receivers are doing. All 49ers, of the wonderful things he does. That's it. 49ers at home. Um, okay, I will say, unless you want to update my betting odds here, the, the spread is nine. Is that what you <laughs> it's have? Minus eight. Oh, is always I eight? Mean, I, I don't know. I just
1: looked today. I mean, okay. it, whatever. Well, maybe I, sh-
2: maybe I have an old, old list here. But uh, I, I think it will be closer than that. But I think the Niners will win. Mm. See, I think the
1: Packers, I think there are some questions on defense. Uh, A little bit inconsistent. I mean, I think they gave up like 30 points to the Carolina Panthers. Okay, and we saw how awful that offense is. Um, I think the Packers just caught the Cowboys sleepwalking, to be perfectly honest with you. I think if you run that game back 10 more times, I think the Cowboys probably win eight of them. So, you know, I think they were fortunate in that game. Yes, they balled. uh, Jordan Love played a great game. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, though. I kind of maybe I am taking a little bit away. <laughs> to your point, San Francisco is too loaded, too loaded on both sides of the ball. 49ers at home, I, I think they get it done. Okay. All right, I'll take this next one because uh, you obviously need some time to think about it. Bucks at Lions. This is your Sunday three p.m. kickoff. The Lions coming in six and a half point favorites. So the question is, does the Motown mojo does it does it continue? There's a lot of it going on right now. In fact, you know. You talk about last week's game against the the Rams, and they set like Ford Field records for the the decibels. I think it was one thirty three point six, which is the equivalent of a seven forty seven taken off. So okay. pretty loud. You don't want to hear that. Um, I think that plays a factor too. I mean, the kind of the momentum from the city, the home crowd, and and how that could impact Baker and that Bucks offense. Look, the the, the Bucks are embracing the underdog role, and I'll you know hand, hat off to them. They have done a wonderful job this year. I just think. The Lions have too many weapons. I, you know, the threats that they have in the past game, the Laportas, the St. Browns, the Jamison Williams is a deep threat. Uh, and then Jameer Gibbs may be their best. It's a Swiss Army knife kind of out of the backfield receiver. Offensively, they're too good. Now, if the Bucs can dial up some unique pressures that this uh, Lions offensive line can't handle, and I think they have one of the better offensive lines in the league then we have seen in the past if Jared Goff feels a lot of heat that he does not handle that very well. So that would be the one thing I'd say Bucks could maybe take advantage there. But, man, home crowd, it's going to be a tough one, man. I say the Bucs season comes to an end this weekend. I got the Lions.
2: And you'll be there to witness it. I will you'll be, be there. there. to witness yeah, it coming I'm going to bring my earplugs. Please do, please bring your earplugs to plug the sobbing of the Lions fans <laughs> because their storybook season is ending on Sunday. Yes, I'm gonna roll with this Bucks team. Why not? Why not this Bucks team? They well, have. Well, I think I just gave you some. <laughs> you no. did. Yeah. I, I know you t- you took my talking point you know about, about dialing up the pressure against Jared Goff. Okay, so I'm not feel gonna feel repeat good. that. I'm okay. just gonna tell you when you have a good defense and you have a capable quarterback who can play great. Baker doesn't always play great but he is capable of great moments as he showed last Monday night and you have veteran receivers and you have their the Buccaneers offensive line. I really love how they've been playing recently Uh, and I do believe that defense is going Antoine Winfield Jr. is just ever since he's been snubbed for the Pro Bowl. He said let me show you let me show you what you missed out on here. And I think the Bucks are going to get. And, and also, this is we never talk about special teams. Who's better than Chase McLaughlin right now in the NFL? Yeah, well. He's booted so many. Don't try to name names. Uh, Aubrey missed. I was going to say, if if I had to
1: give a nominee for maybe the best special teams player, it might be the guy that he shares a locker room with, and Jake Camarda. Because I mean, both those guys are. Thank you money, for so.
2: supporting my point. I, yeah. The Buccaneers are going to keep this uh, magical postseason wow. run going. And I do think there's something Amazing. to be said. For the Lions having this, um, you know, and I understand the excitement of winning your first home playoff game in 32 years, but sometimes I don't know. Like, do you lose your edge when you think, "Oh, we've done this"? We, you know, we don't, we don't kind of, we don't have that edge anymore that we had before before that game so maybe you think that Dan Campbell into- has bit his last kneecap that's what yeah. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. comes to an end yeah Bucks are gonna win all right
1: okay we got Chiefs at Bills this is your Sunday night camp, the last of the divisional round games uh this 6:30 kickoff if I hadn't already said that the Buffalo Bills they are three-point favorites uh there is snow that ex- uh, you got the lake effect snow and they're saying you know all week it's gonna start building and growing could be as much as four feet of snow but when game time hits on Sunday, uh, there is not expected to be any snow. They'll just have the people have to sit on top of it. All right, so Chiefs defense, obviously, they, they played great last week. I mean, Rasheed Rice, they're finally maybe a little receiver. there, the rookie stepping up. Um, but here's what – I go back to the history between these two teams, and this is the storyline that everybody's going to be talking about going in, is, you know, for as good as the Bills have been against Kansas City maybe during the regular season, in the postseason, it has been the exact opposite, and they mm-hmm. Josh Allen has yet to top – uh, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, and you look back to 2020, the AFC conference, you know, the, the championship game. There, they lost. Uh, in 2021, the following year, they lost in the divisional round to the Chiefs. This is the season. I, I think that they turned the corner. They they exercise those proverbial demons, and I think the Buffalo Bills at home get a little bit of payback. And uh, and it brings an end to the um, at least the the run of dominance to this point that the Chiefs have had. The Bills moved on.
2: Okay, you got the Bills. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game ever. Could that actually be true? I believe it is. Is it really his first road playoff game? Uh, obviously, oh. su- Super Bowl's a neutral site. Yeah. Um. So, I'm going to pick the Bills too. I, I just think that the remember earlier we were talking about are, are these trends or this. I don't believe there's a such thing as flipping a switch when you get to the playoffs. Right. I just think you kind of are. It's baked into you. You are who you are. The Eagles were nosediving, and they continued to nosedive. The Dolphins were flailing on offense and all, continued to flail on offense as they headed up to Kansas City. And I think the Chiefs, uh, that set up really well for them, getting Miami at this time of year when the Dolphins' defense was decimated uh, and getting them at home at Arrowhead. And I think the Bills are rolling right now I think you just saw Josh Allen against the Steelers say uh no you're not this is our time we're going to get this done I really like the way their defense is playing and I think the problem that's going to come back to haunt the Chiefs is uh, going to be the pass catchers even though we saw Rice have a nice game against the Dolphins I think that's been the theme this year that's come back to catch them in big moments is uh some of these guys just aren't you know getting open some of them aren't catching the ball we saw you know um Kelsey have some big drops against the Dolphins. I, th- I think the Bills are going to win at home.
1: Can you imagine if the Bucks come back and, and the Packers upset the 49ers and the Bucks are hosting the Packers in the NFC Championship game <laughs> at a team that, that was 4-7 and seven at one point this season? I mean, the way you kind of drew it up, that's – well you had the you had the Niners though, I had yeah, the, the Niners weekend. yeah all but
2: right. let's also keep in mind I was three and three last week so I'm well I think <laughs> I think any astute listener to our show is usually picking opposite us yeah so
1: you know best of luck your to son you Carson
2: he beat me he was he was four and two last week yeah. you're right yeah. he knows it knows his stuff me as well
1: all right coming up on the other side we're gonna bring B- BK back in and uh, what was the game that we got dialed up here uh, we got Something about new words. Yes. Or old, oh, no, yes. We get to uh, we get to open up the uh, the old dictionaries and, and dust it off and see if maybe we can find some words that we can implement in our new show.
2: Yes. Don't be a lout. Join us again next. Welcome back
1: to the No Off Days podcast. Let's bring BK back in uh, our final segment here. We're gonna have a little fun with the uh, with the dictionary. I know that Chris at his desk, you have what um, four different editions of thesaurus. I,
2: yes, you, you're a man of of words. You like dealing in in words. Oxford, Merriam-Webster. I have uh, four volumes of the. Do you um, have the Urban Dictionary? I do. <laughs> Uh, yes, I do. No I do not. Okay. I do like the words though, but I, I don't know about some of these Brian is going to throw at us.
1: Can I just share real quick, you know, and maybe one of these words is going to be in there, but I always, my grandma would always call things, you know, by words that I had no idea what they were. Obviously, I'm not good with words. Um, but she would call a couch a Davenport. Have you ever heard of that? I've yes. heard of that. Okay. Yeah. She called. Um, I mean, I, I heard this obviously, but like a wallet was a billfold, mm-hmm. not a wallet. Yeah. Um, a a fart. A <laughs> what? a
2: fart was a uh, a hojim. Uh, oh, I've not heard that one. A hojim. Yeah. A hojim. Yeah. A hojim.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. Don't hojim well, on like, the Davenport. Scott, did you right? just?
2: God, <laughs> <laughs> did you just hojim? Don't. If you hojim
1: on my Davenport through the plastic. <laughs> The, yeah. Plastic. Yeah, the, plastic the,
2: the plastic. Yeah, you got to have the plastic on the Davenport. Those are good ones.
1: All right. I, I, I'm going to assume none of those are in there.
0: Uh, those did not make right. this list of words Fire they want away. to bring back. <laughs> Fire okay. away, it's because. a university up in uh, Detroit, of all places. Scott, so maybe you can run by there. Okay. Uh, Wayne State, group of people they there on campus called Word Warriors it's come up with a list of words and say, We're not using them enough. Our language would be much better if or more gooder. <laughs> more gooder. You're more gooder if you put these words into your vocabulary okay so okay. I'm gonna run off a few of these words and then you tell me what their definition is okay are okay, you ready right. yes all right first word is blatherskite blatherskite
1: is it blatherskite or blatherskite it looks like phonetically blatherskite. Blatherskite. that's a
0: long yeah. eye
2: see the oh, l- see a, the long I don't know. Eye? Yeah. blatherskite yeah.
1: It seems like their phonetic um, interpretation makes it more confusing than just reading the actual word. Okay, Uh, so what is a blatherskite? Um, I'm going to say it's it's probably um, somebody that is uh, too talkative, somebody that is just spewing nonsense, much like what we do here every week on the No Off Days podcast.
2: That sounds perfect. I I believe the word blather is a real word and that it means to talk not kind of just pointlessly right. what we're doing here. So and, I think a, a Blatherskite would be one who maybe makes a living doing that.
0: Okay. Man, y'all wow. are good. Let's see it. A person who talks at great length without making much sense. There
1: you go. Welcome to the,
0: that's, that's that, no the, the
1: Blatherskite No Off Days podcast. <laughs> that one hit too
0: close to home. I know. <laughs>
1: okay. okay, easy. I see kay. what you're doing. Passive aggressive knocks
0: <laughs> on us here. Here's the next one. Palky. Palky, P-A-W-K-Y. Pocky. It's an adjective. I ordered one of those bowls once. Yeah, one of those po- po- pokey well, it's pokey pokey a <laughs> Pokey Bowl. Is it it's pokey? a
1: raw fish. Um, uh, I'll let you
2: take this one first. Mm. Uh One who is... That It was an adjective. Um, that is uh, something that is ugly. That's an ugly... That's something that is uh, unattractive. Um... Mm. The, that pocky lass will never get a date to prom or something like that.
1: I'm going to say it, it's, uh, it describes kind of like um, like a, a rough personality type, like uh, kind of like a pocky pine, like a little, a little prickly. <laughs> <laughs> pocky pine. I like that. Pocky pine. He's a little pocky on the outside. That's
0: pretty close. Let's see what it is. It is having a mocking or cynical sense of humor. Okay, these are all a little bit too close to home, BK. But they are. They, right. they
2: are. Are you pockying fun at us right now?
0: God. Okay, the next one, Petty Fogger. <laughs>
2: Petty oh.
0: Fogger.
1: I believe you can get arrested for that. It is. Um, maybe that
0: whole gym relative. <laughs>
1: <to school>. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: nice. Nicely done. That's Aunt Patty's Fogger right there, <laughs> always
1: going off right after Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Woo. Patty, take it outside. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Pa- Petty fogger. pettifogger. Um, Y'all would
0: never get this. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay.
1: It's a noun, a pettifogger. I'm going to say it's an old, uh, like, a, like a steam engine uh, train. Like it's a, 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 it was, you know, it's specialized in the coal mining days. Okay. They would take it in and it's a little bit smaller because you got to go inside those. The, the mines. Yeah, the yeah. mines. So, yeah, yeah, but it a was so uh, Yeah, the pettifoggers would do, you know, they do a wonderful job.
2: Left my lunchbox on the pettifogger again. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this is a, um, an outdated, it's an it's an antiquated profession that a job people don't do anymore. And this was a person, a pettifogger was the person who came to your home to, um, Sew the buttons back <laughs> on your grandma's corset. Uh, they sewed buttons yes. on yes, clothing. Yes, uh, I, yes. My, my corset has popped another button called the pettifogger. Quick, honey, call the pettifogger. <laughs>
0: That's very good, Kato. You're close. You're close. It's an inferior legal practitioner, especially one who deals with petty cases oh. or mm. employs dubious practices. But, I was not close. But you, but you yeah. had a profession, so I mean, yeah. you're there.
1: But it's, this is not uh, happening anymore.
0: No, I don't know. That, that, no. See, there, there's no way you could use that word. We okay, okay, no. well, should know. Here's,
1: be... here's our petition to the pettifoggers out there. Here's our pettifogger petition. If you are a pettifogger and you listen to this podcast, uh, we'll we'll bring you on, and you can tell us about what you do That's so right. we can appreciate that. I the, like that
2: idea. We may need a, a pettifogger petty. to defend us one yeah. day in court.
0: That's
1: true. Pettifoggery.
0: Now again, these are words they want to bring back into our language. Right. Yeah. Okay, so. let's see this next one here. Next one, easy to pronounce. Thunder plump. <laughs> that was my nickname <laughs> in college. Oh, boy.
2: Okay, Thunderplump. Thunderplump, thunder plump. did you hoge him again?
0: <laughs> uh, th- thunder plump.
1: I think uh, a Thunderplump is a, uh, a, 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 let's say, a startling, a startling noise um, that you hear. Um, maybe, I, I think, you know, like... You know, like those old engines, like when they turn over and they kind of have that—they yeah. kick off like a little mm-hmm. exhaust, like a shotgun yeah. blast. I'm yeah. gonna say that's a, f- a thunderplump.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh man, um, it's a noun. Okay, thunderplump. This is this. No, that would be an adjective. This refers to a, a specific type of um, in the development stage of a tomato, just before it's ripe. <laughs> just before it's ripe, it's thunderplump. Uh, I think it's overripe <laughs> at that point. It's been sitting <laughs> on the vine too long. Get
0: yeah, so good because he, he starts it, and you think, "Oh, he's <laughs> onto it. He's got it." Then all of a sudden, he'll go. <laughs> he's all of a that have buttons <laughs> yeah. that pop off. Yeah. I would, am I close? Uh, this, does this refer uh, to uh, a fruit in some way or a vegetable? Not really. Okay. okay. Delgado may know this. It's a heavy fall of rain during a thunderstorm. Oh, why didn't
2: we go with the obvious? Yeah. Okay. Okay, right. here's the last one. Why here. doesn't Delgado use that in any I of thought this He should. That segment. should be
0: our next thing. Yeah. Okay, this is a noun, raw gabbit. Raw gabbit. Raw gabbet. Oh, boy. Um, all
1: right, so. Uh, raw gabbit. You keep saying it like it's like. A, it's not a. Uh, like a, someone would substitute that as like a curse word. Dead gummit. No, so it's not okay.
2: like. Raw gabbit. Raw gabbit.
1: Um, it's a noun. Um, I'm going to say raw gabbit is, uh, it is a joint inside of, a a rabbit's foot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's where they would actually cut for the lucky rabbit foot. That's where they would make their Very incision nice. inside the raw gabbit of the rabbit. <laughs> it's a, it's rubbed raw.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it.
1: Well, they cut it off before he rub it raw. Okay. That's yeah, that's why they,
2: It's good luck. His foot became ragged. I don't know, a uh, noun. Um, this, is, uh, this is one who uh, goes about town. Um, this was before, obviously. In a corset. This was before <laughs> social media and broadcast news. This was yeah. the, this is the guy on the corner that would yell you, yell, like, the big news of the day. Like, yeah. extra, extra, read all about it. You're a ragabit. Timmy has fallen <laughs> down the well. That young man is a great ragabit. That's a, rag-a- a ragabit. A ragabit. OK, we're going to go with that. A person who uh, announces things in public.
0: Cato, again, you're close, but uh, not right there. It's a person who speaks confidently but ignorantly. That's me. <laughs> yeah. That's a, That's the a show again. Uh, there I, you go. So they want those words to be back in our vocabulary.
2: If mm. I could pronounce that right, I would I would Raw-gabbit, start using that one. Yeah. Mm. Ragabit.
0: Do, what, what was the first word? First word was thunderplump. No, bl- blatherskite. Yeah,
2: blatherskite's a good one. Yeah, I can. That, we can start working those in.
1: Blatherskites and, and raw Abbots. I think that yeah, guilty is charged.
2: Yeah, you know that's the name of the new name of this podcast now. <laughs> blatherskites and raw gavits. Man,
1: I can just hear the people subscribing now. <laughs> Cha-ching! All right, that was fun, BK. Fun. Hey, man. All right. Thanks, I, guys. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So talk a little football this week, a lot of games to watch. That's gonna be fun. And then we're of course watching the Bill Belichick sweepstakes. Where does he end up? And by by the show by the time the show's out, it, it may have already been done. Who knows? That's right. That's you won't have happens. to rely on us bladder mu- skites. Much, much like any, an Adam Schefter report in the middle <laughs> of our podcast, which just proves everything I just said. Uh, very good. All right. So uh, big thanks to our crew, uh, BK, Chris. And um, if you want to catch this year' podcast, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod. You can subscribe on Spotify and iTunes and the Google Play Store. Get us every week. It'll be sent straight to your phone so you, you don't even have to look for it. Very good.
2: Until the next time we are on, there are no... Days. Not even for petty foggers like us. Yes.